Jason Timth of the uh, the volume. We've now seen him. We know uh, the ability that he has, and the burden of expectations are now there. Jason, I hope you're comfortable with that. Oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Yeah. I you having me back on. Pressure's yeah. on, Jason. I hope you just take it one sentence at a time and uh, things will go your way. <laughs> I, I, I will say if you do two sentences at a time, that would be, uh, be that would be super weird. So why don't we just get sentences uh, in a sequential form about John Moran? Where do you think this is going, Jason? Oh, man. You know, here's the thing. To be honest, man, like, I'm so all in on the basketball, and I don't know Jaws' family dynamic. I don't know his personal dynamic. I don't really feel comfortable speaking on it, to be honest. All I will say is, as a basketball fan, I hope that this is the last we hear about this, and I hope that he makes the necessary changes, and I hope we can just get back to enjoying him on the basketball court. Like, obviously, there are a million different things that could be going on. Um, I hope it is not any sort of larger issue, you know, with substance abuse or anything like that. But we just don't know. And I don't feel comfortable speaking on it. All I'll say is I hope this is the end of that line. Yeah, TMZ reported uh, that uh, the Denver police are investigating the incident. We were just looking up the concealed carry laws, and he could be in real legal hot water as a result of the incident. Let's turn to the Warriors where... Five wins in a row. You go to the Lakers yesterday. You kind of lay an egg. Where do you think the Warriors are with 15 games left to go in the regular year? I would say they're in a much better position than you would have expected if I would have told you guys how many games Steph Curry's going to miss, how many games Andrew Wiggins is going to miss. Uh, I think they're poised for a stretch run. I think they're starting to tie a bunch of things together defensively. Um, offensively, they looked a little stilted yesterday, but I will say, like, that Laker team is a good defensive team, and Anthony Davis is locked in at a level protecting the rim that he hasn't been since, like, 2020, and and he's doing this kind of damage to a lot of teams these days. And you got, and the Lakers threw a good punch. I didn't think they had much of a chance to win that game because without D'Angelo Russell and LeBron James, they don't have very much ball handling, but you happen to catch one of Austin Reeves' best perimeter initiation games as a professional, 16 points and eight, uh, eight assists. You happen to catch a game where Troy Brown Jr. is confidently rising into threes when that's been kind of an issue for most of the season. So, like, some of it is just that random kind of ebb and flow of the NBA regular season where anything can happen. And then, obviously, I thought the, the Warriors were a little bit disjointed just because Jordan Poole going back to a bench roll. Uh, I thought Steph was actually better than I would have expected from a rhythm perspective because he usually has to kind of get his timing back. But I don't really take too much away, you know, negative Warriors from yesterday. I think it was just kind of what can happen on any given night in the NBA, especially when you're going against a player as talented as Anthony Davis. Jason, I loved your tweet response to Nick Young. Nick Young was trying to take a shot at Draymond Green last night on Twitter by saying, oh, everybody freaked out when everyone sagged off Russell Westbrook. But they do the same thing to Draymond Green, and nobody says a word. Can, can you share what your response was and why what Nick Young is trying to say <laughs> makes no sense? Well, okay, so first of all, like Draymond Green's one of the best defensive players to ever play the game of basketball. Russell Westbrook is very much not that, okay? So, like, they're, they're, the thing with Russell Westbrook is the negatives got to the point where they outweigh the positives that he brought to the table. Like, if you look at the footage yesterday, and I just rewatched it this morning, 
really, Anthony Davis, most of the work he did in that game was against Kevon Looney. Now, Looney has defended Anthony Davis pretty well over the years, but yesterday wasn't the one you want to add to the highlight film. <laughs> Anthony Davis was straight barbecuing uh, uh, Looney yesterday. And, and, and then, honestly, when it comes to the offensive you know, spacing stuff, I always, I always want to point out that teams tend to help off of everybody to a certain extent. Yes, it's more exaggerated for some players than others, but Draymond brings enough offensive IQ to the table. I thought he was aggressive to the rim when he had opportunities to yesterday. I think he still had like 15 points efficiently. So I, I, I just think that the scale is so obviously weighed in Draymond's favor positively, which showed on the scoreboard. I think they were plus six when he played yesterday. I just thought that was an outrageous comparison. Yeah, it's always tough when we try to make these comparisons. And sometimes players, I think, have uh, crosses to bear when they fire away at others, especially former teammates in uh, in this vein. How viable do you think the Lakers are as a playoff team if and when they get LeBron James back? If LeBron James can get back to the level he was playing at right before he got the scoring record, and if Anthony Davis can play at this level, I think we'd be foolish to write them off. I think that they would be every bit as much of a puncher's threat as a team like the Warriors. I think that right now, I think you have to put the Warriors, the Suns, and the Nuggets in that top tier. And I think that betting or expecting the Lakers to come together from a health perspective is foolish. Like, like I'm not over here expecting that to happen. But if we get to mid-April and the Lakers are an eight seed, and they're in a first-round series against the Nuggets, and LeBron and Anthony Davis have put together a couple weeks where they look good. Like I would be staring at that series for a long time, thinking about picking the Lakers. They Fundamentally, a lot of people like to get their jokes off about the Lakers, and I totally get that. Laker fans can be overbearing, so a lot of it they deserve. But the reality is, is this is not the same team from the last year and a half. Fundamentally, from an athleticism standpoint, from wing defense, from perimeter offensive skill, it is a completely different team than it was the last year and a half much more in line with what the Lakers were when they were good. So I do think that they're a legit threat, but man, like it seems more likely than not that LeBron is just going to deal with bang up type of injuries the rest of the year and just not be ready. He's the host of Hoops Tonight on the Volume Sports Network. Jason Temp is with us here on Willard and Dibs. Jason, it's another day and we've had a bunch of these this year uh, where fans are like, man, what what happens to Jordan Poole when he has to go from starter to bench player? He seems to struggle with that. What's your read on his regular season and, and the player he is, starter versus bench? So, first of all, I think that Warriors fans, and I, and I know you guys do feel this way, but I think, you, I think there needs to be a certain amount of appreciation for the work he's done to help float the team through injuries. Sliding into a high-usage role, having a lot of great offensive nights where the Warriors won games they otherwise would have lost. Um, but, you know, rhythm is a really delicate thing, and I do think that when Jordan Poole is consistently coming off the bench for a long stretch, he'll be able to kind of find his, you know, his spots to be aggressive. And, you know, last night was kind of bad. I thought, I thought specifically Jordan took a really bad shot when it was 91-91, that flying off that screen, that 27-footer. If you look at his 11 shots from yesterday, almost every single one of them was extremely difficult. So you can tell he was forcing the issue. Um, but I do think in time he'll slot into that role. And then, again, the big indicator there is we saw him succeed in that type of role last year in the postseason. So I'm not overly concerned about it, but in any sort of small sample size like this where the circumstances are switching around him, I think it's going to disrupt a guy like that.
Do you think Jonathan Kaminga is ready to step up and play impactful playoff minutes? I think it's entirely matchup dependent. Um, but, like, I, I think, okay, I, I love the way they've deployed him this year. I love how they've, on defense, used him as a wing threat, and then on offense kind of used him more as a big, uh, you know, cutting and operating a little bit more out of the post and working off the ball. Like, he, I, I love the way they've used him, but it's all going to be matchup dependent. There will be nights in specific uh, types of playoff series where he's asked to do too much from the same point of spotting up at the three-point line where it's not a good fit, and they'll have to go another direction. But I think they have enough depth where they can afford to kind of plug him in and out as they need to, um, depending on the series. Jason, great stuff, man. We love having you on, and we'll do it again soon. See you guys next time.